Welcome back to The Second Estate. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Sarah Bayer. I'm Hannah Seymour. And in today's episode, we're talking about the new Hulu TV show, Pam and Tommy, J-Lo's upcoming rom-com, Marry Me, and whether or not she can save the romantic comedy genre. And finally, a reflection on the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. Yep. Yep. Um, and just apologies, I'm, I might just like put the mic down at several instances in this episode. I've got Why? a lot of wires going oh, on. But just, that was just to readjust. That's all. We we might need to get a more comfortable setup for you. Yeah, we'll point. figure it out. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we're back in person, FYI. We are, and I always feel like the episodes in person are, are more. Um, it's more enjoyable for us, I guess. So I'm not yeah. sure if it's more enjoyable for the listeners. Or I if don't think it makes a difference. To probably them. can't even tell. Yeah. I just yeah. think in my head, I like so much prefer the in person ones. So. It's. Yeah, it's easier to like riff because on Zoom it's like, sorry, what? Sorry, what? Oh my God. Sorry, and what? you interrupt each other. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, and there's a weird delay where you're yeah. like, oh fuck, sorry, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot more silence, which is probably good. It probably teaches us like to listen. <laughs> <laughs> and to not just jump in when the other yeah. person's talking. Right. The worst thing is when I'm doing the clips for, the, for our TikTok and I'm just like, I'm just going to cut that whole middle section out because it's just you and I going back and forth. Being like, um, yeah, so. Yeah, um, and like I found it interesting. Yeah, um, um, over <laughs> at the top of each other, like twenty seconds before we get to the point. <laughs> so, so I hope annoying. you guys like that. Yeah. Um, um at the top of the episode, um, when are we going to get rid of our merch? We haven't even discussed. Oh, this. probably like I was gonna, I was gonna um bring this up, but I forgot when you go here. Um, <laughs> for like a week or so. Yeah, yeah, I reckon we've got. That's what I was thinking. I reckon you've got a week left to get our merch, and then we're it's, it's over. Off. We're cutting it. We're off. cutting it. No more. Um, thank you so much, obviously, to everyone who's bought it. Mm. We're actually quite, I'm pretty like surprised and happy at the number of people who have, yeah. who have supported oh, fuck us. Yeah, it's um, been really nice. Um, so yeah, thank you. Um, I feel like there's even been people who've bought two rounds of it. Have there? Yeah. I'm going to say Luke is a guy that's bought. bought shout out to Luke. He yeah. also did. I did. I did say if anyone wants to post about us and then Luke did. Yeah. So, yeah. Shout so out to Luke. Luke, um, here's your shout out. And then obviously yeah. Courtney got the shout out. Last time yeah. because I pretended to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on to our actual stories, we've just got a few honourable mentions. Yeah, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are having a baby, which so cute, so cute. I will say though, when I first saw the photos, I saw it on like superficial, you know, superficial. That it used to be like a Facebook group we were part yes, of. Yes, yes, that I name rings. Oh my god, and it was really funny. Like back yeah, in the day, but yeah, now yeah. I just see their like Facebook post, and I saw it, and I assumed it was just an edit, like that someone had just edited a photo. Right, but it's and real. so when I realised that was real, I was like. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> looks, I'm really happy. For so them. am I. It's and the photos are obviously amazing. They both look so happy and cute. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Rihanna. Yeah, and yeah. Congratulations, guys. That's a yeah. lovely couple. We're gonna be a beautiful baby. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Very happy for them. Yeah. Um, oh, happy birthday, Julia Fox. Of course. Sorry, that should have been the first thing <laughs> yeah. we said. Um, happy birthday, Julia Fox. Obviously, she went off on Instagram. I love that she like reposts anyone. Who tags yeah, her in stories? Yeah. Like even if they're complete random, she'll repost them. Also, her reposting Anna Delvey, the um, the con artist yeah. who, or fraud who like pretended to be a New York socialite billionaire's daughter, who so was complete funny. fraud, like like scammed people out of their money and all this. There's shit. a series coming out about her I th- soon. I think I thought so, but yeah. she posted about her being like my dear sis Anna Delvey. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, you call Anna Delvey your dear sis. 
Um, and she also likes all of like Kim, uh, not Kim, Trisha Paytas's Instagram. Bullshit, post. really? Yeah, of fuck. Course. I love that. Julia Fox is. That's a meeting of the minds. 100%. Shit. I Imagine almost, those three. That's the three horsemen of the apocalypse. No, I was going to say the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I think we replace Madonna with Trisha Paytas. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe even Demi. Maybe that Demi needs to be in there. Yeah. They don't have nah. the same vibes, but I. Nah. No, ha- ha- haven't like reached the sort of heights of uh, likable infamy. Oh, I guess Donald Trump really isn't likable infamy. Or, I mean. <laughs> so if he's just riffing comedy. He's he's not likable, but he's like so entertaining. Yes, correct. But I guess yeah. Demi's kind of like that. Yeah, not in the same way though. the aliens. Because I think with Demi, it like, it can be a little bit like, sorry, there's a little fly around my face. Um, It can be a little bit jarring to watch it's sometimes. almost sad like they did nearly die of a heroin overdose yeah not even that though like when they did the singing to the aliens thing mm. like it's it's funny but it's also like you get the sense that she's act they sorry are yeah. actually being serious oh 100 so yeah. it feels um a little bit it's just a feeling of like sorrow. No, it is sorrow. It's sorrow yeah. is really, it's quite harrowing. Harrowing. Yeah, it is like you watch it and you feel a little bit like, oh, I shouldn't see this. <laughs> this should not be public. I will just say, um, Demi, this is a pro Demi podcast and always will be. Uh-huh, no, and a pro yeah. Leah Michelle podcast. Pro Leah Michelle, yeah. pro Demi Lovato. It's um, called The Second Estate, people. Like, yeah, yeah, seriously. Uh, do we want to also, you mentioned this just before and I actually have not seen this yet, um, but Kanye and Kim are in a fight. Oh, a major fight on Instagram. Yes. What? So I he posted something being like, why is North on TikTok? Facts. Um, why is, he posted this like in Kanye oh way though, in Kanye speak yeah. all in capitals, like a screenshot of North's TikTok being like, why is my daughter on TikTok? I, like something about, you know, when him was not this? wanting Sorry. yesterday. Okay. That's why um, I didn't it, right? It's going on continuous. Um, Obviously, I'm Team Kanye. I just so love him, but he's being—he should not be doing this in public. But then Kim responded, posted like a notes app screenshot on her story, being like, um, "I'm trying to co-parent. Like North likes TikTok as a creative outlet. Um, I'm trying to make this as amicable as possible. This divorce. Uh, maybe you should respond to your third attorney in a year. Um, blah blah blah. Oh my god. And. Then Kanye screenshotted her thing, replied to it being like, you tried to kidnap my daughter because you wouldn't let me into her um, birthday party. I'm trying to take my kids to the Donda Doves. It's like his basketball team sports game. You won't let me have them. How is that um, shared custody? Like going off. Oh my god! It was always going to come to this. I was going to say it was too amicable. It was. Like it did seem to – like for two people like them who are such – um, particularly Kanye. Yeah. Like oh my he, god. He is a diva. Yes. Um, volatile. Volatile. Yeah. You know, it was almost too like you could expect that Kim would have wanted to keep it mm-hmm. private, but like obviously to be called out like that. Also, it does. I will just say I know this, but like it could be a little bit of like you know publicity for the show slash publicity for both of them at least on Kim's part like I don't know I'm always so skeptical when things like this happen especially when they are people at the level of Kanye and Kim who in the past especially Kim have been known for drumming up publicity like the fight with Taylor or you know the infamous sex tape or whatever the only thing I doubt in this situation is because it's the kids that's you know like I feel Mm -hmm. like when it's the kids she probably has more wants to keep them you know that's true. Yeah. 
And Kanye did start it completely. And I doubt true. he's involved in any sort of Hulu marketing. Oh, he wouldn't be. That's true. He, he loves calling out Tracy Romulus as well, Kim's PR. Does he? Loves. He hates Tracy Romulus. Wow. Yeah. What does he say? He's just like, he did an interview. When he did that Drink Champs podcast right. that went for like three hours. Yeah. He was like, fuck the publicist, like blah, blah. Fuck. And like he really hates. <laughs> and he called it out by name in the post as well. Wow. Stop listening to Tracy Romulus, like specifically or something. He really um, like okay, I, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, like, but I mean, Kanye's not right for what he's doing. I know. No, that, no, but no, no. But it's him. worth thinking about. I think when these kinds of things happen, where we go, whoa, drama, drama, drama. But it's like I do. There is obviously there's room for just humans being humans. Yeah. But I also also sometimes go, um, who's Sus. is there somebody orchestrating this? Is it Kanye and Kim themselves? But. Yeah. It's very conspiratorial of me. So. No, that's okay. Should, we, Should st- we? Yeah. Let's go for it. Okay. So new Hulu series, Pam and Tommy started this week, which chronicles the relationship between Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, the Motley Crue drummer. There's a drummer, right? Yep. Uh, including the creation, uh, it um, follows their relationship, including the creation and release of their infamous sex tape. A source related to Pamela has since come out and said she will never watch the series saying, the burglary was a living nightmare. The burglary is the only thing in her life she would erase from her life. It haunts her to this day. It was a violation having this tape taken. This was a very traumatic time in her life and it's shocking that they are recreating it. Uh, the series writers apparently reached out to Pam Anderson before filming but got no response. Tommy Lee was contacted by Sebastian Stan. I think yeah, they spoke. I saw that, yeah. Um, who plays him in the series. Uh, and he seemingly sort of gave his blessing. He didn't seem to have a problem with it. He also, sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but he actually like, I saw a quote of him basically yeah. being like, I think it's an important yes. story to tell, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. Um, so some people have said that this is profiting off of a woman's trauma for entertainment, making us think, is it okay to make a series about someone's life, especially while they're still alive without explicit permission or their involvement? Hannah, what do you think? I have a lot of respect for Pamela Anderson. I fuck with her high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think her story, at least from what I've read about, you know, and and they portray this in the show, but how I think she didn't get the opportunity to be ever taken seriously mm. as an actress. Um, and in large part, probably because of what happened with this sex tape, because, mm. um, you know, it doesn't surprise me that Tommy Lee's okay with it because he's, He's a male, you know, middle-aged rock star. Having yeah. a sex tape come out was not bad news for him. No, and he was so, like, sort of sexually confident. Yes. And it was whole, his whole style. And I saw an interesting um, point somewhere, I think it was in the Sydney Morning Herald randomly, mm. but um, that, you know, it also was it worked well for him as well because it was actually his wife that he was in the video with. It wasn't even him being um, yeah, yeah. Un- unfaithful or yeah. anything. Whereas for Pamela, it would have had really dire consequences for her career because yeah. – she wanted to be an actress. That was her yeah. goal. And she was an actress, but, you know, she was on Baywatch and you see it in the show about how they people indicate about her body or whatever. But I think, you know, Pamela Anderson is a classic example of, you know, the Anna Nicole Smiths or the, the, the Marilyn Monroes of the world mm-hmm. where they're gorgeous and beautiful and they just want to be taken seriously and there's a level of, you know, them never really being seen beyond their bodies. Yeah. Um, and I think based on how we can tell she feels about this, it, it there is even watching it, um, 
there is a level of like ickiness and discomfort I feel because did, did you watch the watch some I've of watched the, the first three episodes? Oh, yeah. you did. You watched yeah. all of them. Okay, um, I, I only got through the first two. It's, it's pretty much enough. You yeah. don't. You wouldn't. You haven't missed out on a great deal. Yeah, you would have gotten the gist. I just made myself like stay up to one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> watching them, but um, I also it kind of relates. Um, similarly, I don't know if you ever read about this. Did you watch American Crime Story, the Gianni Versace series? Uh, I watched the first couple of eps, I want to so say. So, you know, yeah. So, yeah. it was basically the story of how this guy went on like a killing spree and killed Gianni Versace and a number of other people. Darren Chris plays this guy in the show. It's really good. Mm. But the Versace family didn't, does not support the show. They don't right. want didn't want it to be made like there's mm. a number of examples and, and for them like there was a death you know yeah it's serious and yeah. even though the shows might be good there is this sense of like it feels like ex- exploitation mm. or you know and the original story of, of Pamela was exploitation in its purest yeah. form and now anyway what, what do you what no do you I, I agree with you I, th- I think just to your first point about Pamela Anderson as a person I really, really like her. I know she's like yeah. maybe anti me too, or like like doesn't like third wave feminism or something. But <laughs> other than that, know, other than that, she's yeah. incredibly intelligent and yeah. well spoken. She is like really good friends with Julian Assange, and I knew that, and yeah. um, like has campaigned and met with several politicians to try and get him granted asylum. Yeah. Um, and, like, goes on and, like, champions his cause. She has, like, met with, like, Kremlin officials or something to discuss animal welfare in, in Russia. She's written sort of, um, like, books and articles about how pornography has replaced, like, true eroticism in within sex. And, like, just, wow. like, she's a quite incredible, very, very intelligent, well-spoken person. I um, highly recommend if anyone's bored, look up her appearance on The View when she's talking about Julian Assange and just watch her take down me again, McCain, um, Megan McCain, <laughs> Megan McCain is like spurting, like sprouting around <laughs> like a fucking malfunctioning robot. And Pamela is so beautiful and poised and like well-spoken and gracious and just sits there and like literally completely owns Megan McCain in every, Megan's like, he's a cyber terrorist. And she's just like, he's a publisher. And like Megan's just like, <laughs> like can't keep it under control. But I really recommend, like, if you want an intro into what Pamela Anderson is actually like, rather than just that Baywatch red um, yeah. swimsuit like view of her, please watch that video because it's fucking hilarious. But yeah, I um, the idea of making something about someone that is also so like a, a series about someone or an instance in someone's life that was like a moment of infamy it wasn't even really like i know that's a crime the crime element of like mm. it being stolen and stuff but like m- for the most part it was just like a, a massive violation of someone's privacy in life like it wasn't like a murder or an investigation things that like are sort of in the public sphere and interest this was like just m- a major form of infamy imagine if they did this about kim's sex tape i'm it- not i wouldn't be surprised if they do yeah. at some point um, yeah Sorry, I just put the mic down, lol. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I I guess my question is like, I don't, I, I can't believe you're allowed to make something about someone who's still alive without their permission. Like I'd assume if you wanted to do that and they hadn't give you permission, you wouldn't be allowed to like replicate their likeness or use their name. Exactly. Like I'm really surprised. I guess it's obviously legal, but I'm just surprised that that's not like quote unquote defamation grounds for defamation or something. I think because they do that thing um like 
where I don't, I didn't actually see if they had this disclaimer, but I'm sure they have it somewhere where it's they basically say this is based on true events. Yeah, but, yeah, they probably yeah. Oh, but it's you know, it's a it's fiction mm, or whatever. Mm. Because the thing is, they have to take I guess creative liberties in mm. the sense that like the conversations that specific characters have between each other is would be fabricated. Um, but it's I agree, it feels wrong. It's yeah, yeah I just like. I don't know. It, it seems like a weird thing to sort of take creative license with someone's story that is so p- personal. Like, how is mm. that? In, it, it just doesn't seem like in very good taste because no. it's like a story between one or two particular people. Like, exp- especially with this case, it's like someone who is just exploited and traumatized, like in a really specific, non political way. It's not like she was. You know, when they do things about politicians, like, I mean, the Monica Lewinsky story, she was heavily involved in that American Crime Story series that they made about her anyway. um, But it's like, at the end of the day, Bill Clinton was a public figure. He literally, when you're a politician, you are a public figure. You live Mm. your life publicly. Therefore, what happens to you is public news. Not that Monica is, but, you know, it's like that you understand how they can make things about people like that. But, like, I just, I don't know how you could make something about, like, someone's infamous pop culture sex tape that clearly really impacted their life without a shred of sign off i don't know like she doesn't have to be involved but even just the like yes you can use my likeness yeah like i well even if it's not a legal issue it's also just feels morally wrong right because it's totally it's their story and it feels yeah like i just feels like further exploitation of of pamela anderson um the I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, that's okay. I was go. just going to say, I I remember in Summer Heights High, randomly, um, this came to came to mind when I was thinking, like, how have they, like, gotten away with this? But, like, of course they have because there's so many shows that have done this. It just feels like maybe the landscape's changed a lot this time around that that um I was more surprised by, especially because she's come out and said she doesn't like Wait, it. Wait, Summer Heights High? No, okay, Summer Heights High. I'm getting back to that. Oh. So I remember when that happened, <laughs> when Summer Heights High – it came out and you know how there's the girl that dies from the overdose? Yeah. There was a girl who was also named the same as that character and they had to put like a big disclaimer up. Like it was just by chance, by off oh. chance. I can't remember what her name was, Jessica or whatever. There was okay. a girl who had died in a similar okay. way, the same name, mm-hmm. I think. And they had to put up a disclaimer because there was like a big drama about it and that was like not even an intentional replication of her likeness. I, f- I would but, feel because that person probably – because it was a death and it was yeah. probably not – it was probably just scandalous. No, totally. Do you know that they then went, oh, fuck. I, just for, not for yeah. legal reasons, but probably just for like. Because it's ABC. Because they were like, we don't want the 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 scandal or the the, the bad publicity associated no, with I this. No, I agree. But I'm like, yeah. if that was 2006 and Summer High Tyler is not a very politically correct show, this is what, 2022. 20, and everybody's very hyper conscious about like women and making sure they're represented correctly and not like rehashing trauma and profiting off of women's exploitation etc 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 i'm just very surprised they went ahead with it i don't know yeah. or just like i don't i mean yeah i don't know i mean it's surprised. gonna be a, i'm just surprised. yeah it's gonna be a big show like you there's so much hype around it already yeah. but this conversation you know is being had we're mm. having it right now i guess so clearly it's not going off without a without a hitch mm. Uh, the other thing I think is interesting about the way that they've done this show is that the whole the first two episodes are pretty much about um, – so for people who don't know, what happened was there was this contractor, this um, – A carpenter a, a carpenter yeah. who was working on Tommy Lee's house. And this is true what happened. He was working on Tommy Lee's house and um, 
he like him and this other guy came back to like basically Tommy Lee fired them because he said they were doing shoddy work and he like at least in the show it's portrayed as like they owed it and in real life the guy said that Tommy Lee owed them heaps of money and he basically just fired them and he was you know terrible to work yeah. with and the um carpenter and the other guy basically came back to get their tools and Tommy Lee held them at gunpoint which apparently happened um and so this contractor came and stole um the, the Tommy Lee's safe I don't know if that happened in real life but the long and short of it is he stole this sex tape and then distributed it on the internet. Um, and I guess what's interesting about the show and also this story in and of itself is that the internet was very much in its infancy. Yeah. Like the way that the, sh- the film was distributed was kind of before online sex tapes were really a thing. Um, but what I find interesting about this whole thing is that it really humanises and tells the story of the carpenter who stole the sex tape. And... What I feel, while it's an interesting and engaging story, Seth Rogen plays him. People love Seth Rogen. And there's this feeling of like we're getting almost a justification for his actions in stealing um, and doing something really awful and reprehensible. And we're not really getting that much of Pamela Anderson's story yet. If anything, she's kind of coming across as like this ditzy um, – Sort B, of si- like side yeah, character. Side I mean, yeah. She does come a little out a little bit more in the third episode where you see her kind of go up to the directors or the producers or whatever of Baywatch because she gets like a scene cut. Have, mm. you, have you seen that bit yet? No, I haven't seen it. She gets this monologue yeah. cut and she's really upset about it. And you sort of see her experience as an actor and basically being her, sidelined. Um, and you, I think we're getting more and more of her, but um, – I feel frustrated because I'm like, this should be her story because it's a story about her being violated and victimized. And yet we're getting all this background about Seth Rogen's carpenter character and how he might've been justified in doing what he did when he wasn't. And it, it was misogynistic and I know that we that it was a different time, but like it was a really disgusting thing that he did. Yeah. And so it makes me really angry because I'm like, I don't want to empathise with this guy. I um, fully – I couldn't agree more. I yeah. found it a really weird creative choice that they did that. Also a classic example of something that did not need to be a long series. How many episodes are there? I couldn't – I think it's probably 10, but that's a guess. Like I, I – Honestly, why did we need an hour dedicated to the backstory totally. of the guy who robbed? Like, it, it was just so ridiculous. I was sitting there. I was like, isn't this about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee? Yep. Why have I got an hour here of Seth Rogen's random, like, chippy who's – why do I need a flashback to see him as a child wetting his pants? What's that actually yeah. telling yeah. you? It tells me nothing. You're, well, it, it, it didn't even have give me context as his, to why he robbed someone. No, like, and it also gives you this, like, well, I think it was meant to be, like – his dad made him pee his pants when he was young because he was traumatised. And so when Tommy Lee held him at gunpoint, he peed his pants and Tommy Lee traumatised. Yeah. Which all feels like more and more justification for what he did. Yeah. And it's like maybe it was justified in like doing something to fuck Tommy Lee up. But what he ended up doing was releasing a quote Pamela Anderson sex tape, which had yeah. nothing, it didn't really even harm Tommy Lee. No. And he stole a bunch of other shit from Tommy Lee that he then sold. So like, okay, fair game then. Yeah. But why? Like the sex tape was like the this other twist of the knife that's totally different yeah I, and I, I, I also agree with you in the sense that it's like there's all these bits and bobs that we get out of this story that's like it's like they're dragging it out like bits where like it's sort of pam and tommy like dancing and all these mm. sort of like long and it's entertaining yeah but it seems and feels unnecessary 
to padding. the story. Yeah. It's padding, totally. And it, I think we've talked about this before, but you're 100% right that this could have been a movie yeah. or just shorter. Uh, back, Take me back to when a miniseries meant three or four right. episodes. Like it is, Some stories don't need to be elongated yeah. to be 10 hours long. Yeah. It's, it's un- insufferable. This also made me think um, just watching this show, I am terrified for what they have in the works for Britney Spears. Because yeah. this is what they've like done to the Pamela Anderson story with no no permission. Uh, like, can you imagine the scripts that are being passed around from studio to studio right now, trying to be the first one to tell the story about Britney? <sighs> I know, but people will lose their minds if she's not involved. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like it'll. The only people that will be game enough to do it would be a B grade sort of studio right. production company, because like anyone with like any sort of reputation to lose surely wouldn't engage in making a project about her i don't know because shameless it is shameless and like the other thing is is that like you know there's this attitude that like this story needs to be told but i'm like one is it really necessary to tell this story or is it just being made because people recognize the celebrity names mm-hmm. and they know it'll get big streaming numbers? Like, and, it's and like, they can make cool prosthetics. Yeah. Like, like make- bi- biopics are a massive thing. They almost feel like they're in the same, the same category as reboots mm-hmm. because they are basically just benefiting off existing stories and they're less of a risk for product for studios mm. because they because they just know they'll work because one, they have their existing stories. People already know about recognize the names. Um, and so they know people will be interested in and engage with the content, which then feels like, well, it's, it's more about money than it is about like telling Pamela Anderson's story. And the fact that it's been drawn out to Mm -hmm. a long form, you know, multi-episode series indicates that it's more about money than it is about actually doing something important storytelling. You're you're completely right, 100%. Like, I couldn't agree more. It's also vanity from the perspective of, like, I think Seth Rogen is producing this series (laughs) as well. And I just see, like, I'm the more actors that you have producing, the more unnecessary um, (laughs) amounts of filler scenes you will get for said actors um, just so that they can do a little soliloquy. Um, (laughs) I just, you know, I'm not against actors producing. I think it's it's a nice thing that they, um, you know, provide a different perspective and and what have you. But I also just think it's like some of this is like a bit of a wank. Like it's just like it's a bit much and and someone needed to come in and just sort of cut this right down and go, how about we just make this a tight little two-hour movie Um, rather than a fucking ten-hour – anyway. Have you seen the talking dick scene? I was just about to bring that up. What an unnecessary, unfunny – um, ridiculous. Does it come back in any way? I, I don't know. I only saw the one scene. So a- not yet as of the third absolutely, episode. Absolutely. Like just re- for those who haven't seen, um, there is a scene where Tommy Lee is talking to his penis and the penis like moves around and talks back to him. Um, that honestly to me feels almost like they put it in because I saw some headlines that were like mm. the guy who voiced um, San Sebastian's dick in Tommy, mm. Pam and Tommy feels literally like so they could get the headlines so that people would watch it. Like, it's very Seth Rogen. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just so odd. It's like I it's not funny that, and no, it's like It ew. was not funny in the Yuck. slightest and it had added literally nothing. It was just like a very bizarre um, use of like voiceover essentially what that was to try and tell – Tommy Lee's like perspective internal internal monologue it was not funny added nothing to the nothing to the story took you out of it entirely made it seem like a joke yeah um 
and I don't know, the tone was just completely butchered. It yeah. was bizarre. If this tone, if the story is meant to be about the experiences of Pam and Tommy with this sex tape being released, what the fuck? Why is there a talking dick? I don't know. It's just I don't, <laughs> like oh, em- embarrassing. Um, other thing I wanted to talk about was um, Lily James's prosthetics and the look I of her. I actually thought she did a really good job as Pam. She sounds a lot like No, her. she. Yeah. Did, I thought her performance was yeah. great. I just found like the way that they did her up feels... I get that they're trying to make her look like Pamela Anderson, but they kind of just made her look a bit scary. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, I just – Pam. I don't know. Maybe that's a stupid criticism, but, like, I I don't know. The, the prosthetic seemed a little bit like – I felt like you couldn't – I think she did a great job acting-wise, mm. but it felt – the prosthetic kind of just took me out of it, I guess. Yeah, it's Like, I felt like I was, like, I'm looking at someone who's being made up to look like Pamela Anderson rather than – I just don't An know if actor's they would... interpretation of yeah, Pam. yeah, which yeah. it's like it felt unnecessary and kind of even more so like making a caricature of Pamela yeah. Anderson. And Pamela Anderson is like, I know she's like a blonde beach babe yeah. and, and has a particular look, but like she wa- is and was very beautiful. Mm. And I just felt like it looked like a Pamela Anderson costume rather than someone playing totally. Pamela Anderson. I and I would have preferred to just see even Lily James more in her natural state just portraying Pamela yeah, Anderson. Yeah, totally. Do you know what I mean? No, no, no. I know what you mean. I think it's like they focus so hard on the likeness being pitched. Yeah. Like they didn't do perfect. that with Tommy Lee. No, his so haircut's why? not even really right. No. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with it, you. It feels more, even with the prosthetics, it feels even more so like we're getting the – it just feels – off and like yeah. we're we're then they're missing the point totally like, yeah we should probably move on yeah okay all right so jennifer lopez is about to come out with a brand new romantic comedy co-starring owen wilson called marry me um in it j-lo plays a similarly famous superstar who's about to marry her similarly famous boyfriend in a televised event but finds out during the wedding that he or just before the ceremony that he has been cheating on her and it gets like you know, publicized everywhere. So instead of marrying him, she decides to marry a guy in the audience holding up a marry me sign played by Owen Wilson. Um, So the question is, what happened to romantic comedies that were so big in the 1990s and died off in the 2000s? Why did this genre die? And can J-Lo bring it back with marry me? Sarah, what Um, do you think? I I got a lot of respect for J-Lo because – it took her a long time to become like an actor who was respected because mm-hmm. like I think that kind of came with Hustlers a few years it ago. It seems like it, yeah. Like, And most actors after they got to that point would never go back to doing a rom-com again. Totally. Like, ever, ever, once they yeah. broke that. But J-Lo goes back because she knows it's what made her. Like she mm-hmm. knows that's why people love her and like she also kind of knows it's a shit audiences want to see yeah (laughs) like a lot of the time like we don't want to see these four hour long heavy prosthetic biopic um movies set in the woods about a man that lives alone (laughs) like i don't know you know i just think it's like she's she doesn't think she's too big or too artistic to tell to tell a fun story right um and she came up doing rom-coms i i think about like all the actors now the big actors who came up in that like sort of 2000s rom-com time like Matthew McConaughey, Hugh Grant, Jennifer Garner, Mark Mark Ruffalo, Julia Roberts, Catherine Heigl, I don't know, Sandra Bullock, Hugh Grant. Hugh more, Grant. Sorry, they were yeah. just sorry to interrupt you. It was that was more like 90s yeah. was really like the the Julia Roberts and like Hugh, Hugh Grant, Grant era. Yeah, but you know Ryan Reynolds 
Yeah. So on and so forth. Kate Hudson. Yes, Kate Hudson. Um, fantastic. Lose a guy in ten days. Fantastic movies. <laughs> People loved them for doing yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like they all sort of were like, okay, cool. Well, we've paid our dues, so now we will never ever do this silly little genre again. Right. Love to see Reese Witherspoon back in a rom com. Just a proper fucking rom com. Yeah. Um. It would be really beautiful, and I'm kind of I don't know. I'm sad. I I, I want the like young stars of today. Like, I want Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya to have to do at least three to four rom-coms before they're allowed to do a serious movie. Like Tom well, Holland, fuck Spider-Man. You are in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days 2. Like, oh, no. I, and also people would love to see those actors because they are such heartthrobs or whatever in those kinds of roles. Um, I, I will say, though, I think that the reason that those young actors who would otherwise be in rom-coms in a different time is just that the genre has not died off because we have had – rom-coms in the last like 20 years but they pumped them out in the 90s and early 2000s before they kind of died off but um from what i've read what kind of happened in the early 2000s to like later 2000s is that that new things started capturing audiences attention yes um the arrival of tentpole films which apparent apparent i mean you would know what that refers to but like basically are like films that hold up a studio basically so they can make like smaller budget yeah. things but like massive budget blockbusters with technical innovations like avatar fran- different franchises like harry potter and whatnot um lord marvel, of the rings, lord of the rings furious, marvel shit, yeah. movies those big like marvel is kind of now i would almost think the, the rom-com, rom-com yeah, of, of its day of now yeah. um and so when that kind of happened i just think there was sort of audiences like and studios lost interest in the traditional rom-com um back in the 1990s uh a quote sorry 98 and 99 according to screen rant um quote three of the top 20 highest grossing films were rom-coms in each of those years yeah right so that was kind of when they peaked um but i just think what is interesting is that like there were probably issues with how rom-coms generally had a pretty like formulaic approach um at, and when they at a time when things really started like transforming, like with big movies like Avatar and stuff, that kind of like formula and sort of mm. like sticking to what you know might not have been what audiences wanted to see comparatively. Um, but I think what's what's really I agree that that J Lo's kind of bet not only betting on like a genre that hasn't captivated audiences mm. in recent years, but kind of like betting on herself to be able to definitely make it work. Yeah. Um, because it really does from the, the trailer, it looks like a traditional rom-com. I have a half a mind to go see it in cinemas. Oh my God. I'm going to see it. Go? Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> but, no, I'm, but seriously, just because yeah. I'm like, I'm sick and tired of mini series. I'm <laughs> yeah, sick yeah, and yeah. tired of people. No, but I'm like, I just can't. I just can't sit down and strap myself in for like hours of fucking essentially hour-long music videos. <laughs> like I can't yeah. do it anymore. Like if you're going to make me an hour-long music video, I want it to be a rom-com and I want Kate Hudson in it. Like it's totally. like I just, you know, I'm 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 over the wankery of a lot of content. I think like to continue your point about sort of the, the death of the rom-com, I think streamers probably have a lot – to do with it right, and the rise right. in streamers. This is just me thinking. I don't know if this is backed up by any evidence, but I just think like it was a very lucrative, popular and popular genre, not just amongst audiences, but but actors as well. Like actors yeah. had to do them to get <laughs> to become household names. They yeah. did. Like that's how a lot of those people became big. And I think like 
because of like the principle of particularly Netflix of um, instead of a small pool of A-grade content, not that a lot of these rom-coms were necessarily A-grade content, <laughs> but like a lot of no. them still hold up. Things like Legally Blonde, 13 Going on yeah. 30, 10 yeah. Things I Hate About You. They, those, those Notting Hill. Notting Hill. Pretty Woman. Fucking Pretty Woman. Mm. Julia Roberts had it on lock. But Fuck, there was, was money I love Julia Roberts. Behind those those movies mm. and therefore they attracted like big actors, big popular good actors yeah. for one. Yeah. Noah Centineo and Joey King really can't do what Julia Roberts and Hugh Grant <laughs> were able to do. Um and, and nor should we expect them to. Yeah. Um but like they, and there was money behind the scripts, you know, like Nora Ephron who um made When Harry Met Sally, Sleepless right. in Seattle. And there's like there was there was just money and support put behind the concepts, I mm-hmm. guess. And like now streamers essentially their like business model is rather than yes this small pool of a grade content they have a big pool of b grade content as much b grade content totally. as possible yeah meaning that the rom-coms they offer the kissing booth uh well what is the other one that that he's to in? all the boys i've loved to all the boys i've loved that's before. actually really good the first one's not so it? bad yeah. um but it's like they're small small budget films, even though they might look shiny, mm-hmm. they're all shot in locations yeah. that um, give big government kickbacks for shooting there. Right. Um, <laughs> and like basically Netflix has flooded the market with like it'll do movies. It'll do. Totally. You know, and so mm-hmm. the studios have kind of – there's not the money in it for the studios because they've there's this bunch of B-grade rom-coms there that are satisfying people's need if they want to watch a rom-com so they're going to put their money into the higher end oscar movie gritty dramas or into the superhero movies well i think what the point with that which is super true is that like the movies that draw people to actually physically go to the cinemas are marvel and ones that are like you know Oscar worthy the totally. ones that are like this is meant to be like a transformative movie yes. experience a couple of exceptions in terms of like rom-coms that have come out in recent years that were also in cinema is Crazy Rich Asians yeah yeah um also like Crazy Stupid Love another crazy title uh, we need more movies with 10 and crazy, crazy in it <laughs> Crazy Stupid Love Crazy Rich Asians um there was also the one with it was the one where it was about all the different couples. Anyway, doesn't matter. But Crazy Rich Asians, I think, was so big because it was like also a massive shift for, in terms of setting, in terms of cast, yeah, because yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was all Asian people, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. just not something. It was a good movie. I liked it. Fun, great yeah. movie. Not something we ever saw mm. previously. Also, it was about the uber rich. Like a lot of the movies that have been big in terms of rom-coms is one, they've had either had star casts and or they've been a shift from the original formula of rom-coms where they're set in either like New York City, Seattle, yep. um, San Fran. Yeah, 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 yeah. As they should be. As oh, they yeah, should yeah. be. But they've been shifts from the genre. They're not – they're still transformative, mm. quote, in in some sense. Um, I think also teen rom-coms yeah. on Netflix have been become pretty big with like – Yeah. And with heartthrobs like Noah Centineo. Um but yeah, I think the other thing that I think is different about Marry Me or that seems to be mm. different is that um, J-Lo is 52. Yeah. And Owen Wilson's in his late 50s. So rom-coms were traditionally made about people in their 20s yeah. and 30s. Um, and now we're seeing, you know, an old – not older, she's – not that old, yeah. but like a fifty-something-year-old yeah, woman. Different, it's very different. Shift. Yeah, yeah, but a fifty-something-year-old woman go through the same, you know, romance. Which I think one, the audiences who enjoyed rom-coms back in the day 
probably will want to mm. go see somebody like J-Lo who they know and love yeah. in her 50s having that kind of like love romance. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting is Hugh Grant has been quoted in saying um, – I got old and ugly and I'm not appropriate for romantic comedy films anymore, which he refers to as, quote, a great blessing. Um, And probably because it's allowed him in his older age to start playing more interesting and diverse roles, which then makes it even more interesting, like you said earlier, that J-Lo has her choice of roles now and she's she's going back to the rom-com. So... No, totally. I think it's... it's cool that she's she's doing it and i agree with you grant i think these young actors need to be forced to to <laughs> do rom-coms dues. like i'm sorry but like jacob Elordi Elordi how do i don't know how you say Elordi sure he should be going and doing i know he did uh the kissing booth but that's he not did that's uh, barely a movie i would say <laughs> they're slapped together well, that's the you. thing is like they don't almost don't have to pay their dues because they're just going in like b-grade netflix that's the movies. problem i want i want some a-grade fucking then you know what they need to do go back to shakespeare do the she's the man Clu- right. like, i know clueless isn't shakespeare right but um she's the man 10 things i hate about you treatment get some quality fucking story yeah in there a skilled screenwriter someone who can who can actually um slap a sentence together a coherent <laughs> word well, not that i'm doing it right now but do something something like that like do you remember those like teen she that she's the man sort of era oh of they were they still some of hold my up. favorite movies so fantastic yeah. no wonder like the kids these days don't want to fucking watch their rom-coms because they're offered the kissing booth yeah like i would rather i would rather watch anything than the kissing i think what booth. makes like teen rom-coms like those like 10 things i had about you clueless yeah. um uh She's the man. Yeah. One is, yeah, you're right. They're based on like Shakespeare mm. stories, so the stories are good. Yeah, but also like the stories themselves aren't just about the romance. Like yeah, she's yeah. the man is is telling a lot, it's exploring a lot of different yeah. issues around like gender and you know sex, even yeah. sexuality yeah. and like our experiences yeah. as as young mm. people young women trying to play sports like often they're like young women trying to play soccer (laughs) (laughs) literally though clueless similarly kind of talk sorry that's based on emma not shakespeare yeah no one of my favorite jane austen books yeah like just do a jane austen or shakespeare remake there's so many (laughs) also like they the actors were good yeah and that's like a massive fucking and like you said budget like the costuming was amazing the like it was yeah anyway but now sorry yeah i know we need to move on if amanda vines or somebody like her was in she's the man it wouldn't just be like them putting on a wig with sideburns it would be like full prosthetic treatment which wouldn't be the same and they're also a little bit scared to like not be extremely woke to the point that it's cringy right so like you just end up if there was she's the man it wouldn't be amanda Bynes wouldn't be allowed to play that role because it would be considered like you Trans. know making fun yeah, yeah it would be yeah, whatever i don't know it's just there like I, I read there's a tweet that i found that said um most of the movies that we are uh, that we used to watch back in the day most of the rom-coms aren't anti-feminist writers just don't know how to make fun laid-back movies anymore because they're trying so hard to make everything so woke it ends up cringy instead that plus mm. netflix does not know how to hire good actors um <laughs> but anyway yeah we should move on because yeah. uh we're running out of time okay cool. Uh, quick word from our sponsor. This episode of The Second Estate is proudly brought to you by Kanye's third attorney this year. I love that. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You need to fight the right one. Shop around. Exactly right. Um, all right. So the last episode of the Sex and the City reboot and Just Like That has aired. And with it, we want to take a look back at this series, the public discoursing sur- discourse surrounding it, and, of course, Che Diaz. Uh, to start, Sarah... 
after watching the series in its entirety. Have you watched it? I skipped a lot of scenes. <laughs> Fair enough. A second, no, no, but you've like you've done the thing. You've like yeah. gotten to the last yeah. episode. I didn't watch all. I didn't watch some of the ones in the middle. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Like four um, and five. I don't think whatever. I watched. But okay. Anyway, for the um, most part, I've watched it. Okay. No. After <laughs> watching it, thoughts? Um, their podcast takes calls. It's not a radio show. Yeah, I, I think it might be. Should we start taking calls? I don't know how we may Unless you just go, by the way, we're recording from like 11 a.m. to yeah. 12 p.m. You can call us. <laughs> I just don't. That's what I was really confused must, by the mechanics. Yeah. But whatever. So I mean, it's hardly the, uh, the worst part. But I actually, I, my notes are so disjointed. One is even the men are wearing thick, thick layers of foundation. <laughs> um, they are so rude to each other. Um, that was another one. What another yeah. one was why is Carrie sleeping in a single bed? Um, there was, uh, there's a, single her bed looks like a single bed. That's like, right. but that's always been her bed. It's yeah. Like, again, yeah. like, I mean, she, I thought that. Um, anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. Um, Miranda's older than the abuela was another note that I wrote down, <laughs> which is Che's grandma. Yeah. Um, Another one was, can anyone explain why the, what was his name, Stanford, the one that, that died? Yeah. I just said, can anyone explain why the Stanford replacement seems to live in Charlotte's house? <laughs> um, <laughs> Anthony. Um, Anthony, sorry. Um, and uh, why is Miranda's hair like that? That was another <laughs> one that I wrote. I also wrote, Miranda looks like a scary witch. That was another one I wrote. <laughs> Your thoughts? Um... My notes are literally like not the same, but like I just have one note been like directed by Cynthia 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 Nixon question mark. Yeah. Um, of course it was. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I I think like okay, I did. I watched it in enti- its entirety. I will say, I we'll move away from the specific the sorry. specifics. No, and then we can go general, and yeah, then let's yeah, get specific yeah. because I I. We have there's a lot to unpack. Yep. Um, I'm going to say one thing. Can you try not to put your hand in front of the camera? Oh, sorry. Just so you're right. It's still recording. <laughs> it's no, no, it's fine. Um, so I, I got to episode I think three, and I was like, I can't yeah. do this. And as we discussed earlier, I I'm pretty willing to watch ba- some bad shit, mm, and totally. I, I'm willing to enjoy bad television. You are, and I am, and and like. While I appreciate good television, I also like whatever. I'll watch pretty much anything and I I couldn't watch this. I obviously forced myself to watch it for the podcast. Mm. And I can't say one part of me was like wanting to watch the next episode. But I will say it, by the end, I felt that it wasn't as terrible I as agree. I thought that it was going to be. Yeah. I think there were some really interesting um, storylines that I actually enjoyed and some interesting scenes. Some of those including I loved um, – I really liked Carrie's best uh, Carrie's friend, the realtor. I was Se- going to say Seema was the only like redeeming sort of. She new, was really but, enjoyable. Yeah, I really I liked loved her, her as well. character. Actors great, great actress. Loved her yeah. scenes with Sarah with the, Carrie. Yeah. Um, I thought their exploration of like Carrie. There was a scene where they kind of have this little argument where like Carrie. Carrie's upset at her because she broke a picture frame of, of, of her and Big. Didn't say that. Yeah. Oh. So Carrie's upset with her because she broke this picture yeah. frame and like goes off. Like obviously yeah. having a bit of a like meltdown. Meltdown. Yeah. And the Seema is like, I'm not having this. And like was like, what about what you said to me earlier? Because Carrie was like, it's good you're put, still putting yourself out there or something yeah, like yeah. that. So they have these – I liked them because it felt like Seema, for those who don't know, is, you know, in her early 50s and – 
her she's still not like found yeah. her love or whatever and she's still trying to find Lo- her, the love, one or the whatever. one yeah. and her parents putting pressure on her and like her story is sort of about being this woman in her 50s and really wanting that and obviously making friends with Carrie who's had that and he's just died and I thought that was all really interesting mm-hmm. and it was good like yeah. I really enjoyed any scene she was in. I agree um, um she yeah. she uh that actress is great. I got seen her in Homeland. I feel like she was in or oh, something okay. like that. I but, like her. Um, yeah, she's really, really good. good. I think yeah. the reason as well that she felt so natural or in, naturally fitting in that world or, or was really enjoyable to watch is she fits that um, sort of theme of the original Sex in the City, which is kind of like sexy and fiery yeah. and entertaining. She and felt like the replacement for Samantha. 100%. Yeah. She was the Samantha I think the most – I don't even know if that was intentional in going yeah, into it. Sure. I mean, maybe it was, but she definitely – and it wasn't – you didn't feel like cringe about her not being at it. All. She was the one that felt like the most like a character in that world, you know, because Miranda no longer feels like a character no, in that world. So, no, she know. feels like she's got a separate TV show. <laughs> her scenes with Che and like their whole storyline literally feels like a separate TV show. I uh, – <sighs> I can't. Why? She's like a mumbling, bumbling witch. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like every, every <laughs> Sorry, it's you're right. Every like every scene that she's in, I'm like, who is this woman? And like, okay, the, the part that pissed me the most off about Miranda's character, um, and that I find so cringe is like how obviously she's extremely different to the Miranda from the original yeah. series, but the character has to verbalize multiple times. Can't people change? Which is like such terrible fucking storytelling. Because yeah. like the basic principle of, of of screenwriting that they teach you is show don't tell. Totally. And she spends the whole time going, well, why can't I change and then change back if I want to? And this warbling, like terrified voice. Yeah. She's like used to be so sure of herself and, and like confident and like, you know, very sensible. And like those are all the characters of... Uh, uh, characteristics of Miranda. She would make decisions and do yeah. things and like have opinions, have and, yeah. really opinionated, and she still is opinionated. And I get that, and you know, I totally get that yeah. people, especially if they're you know at that age, mm. you probably would be looking back on their life and yeah. reflecting and kind of reevaluating where you're at. I also don't think that like her having an affair and developing this relationship with Che Diaz is beyond the realm no. of reality for this character it's just the way that it's handled and and we, how yeah. she like you said has these things where kind of person change it's like we don't but when did you do that yeah and what and if there it still have to be you know character traits that that we understand mm-hmm. and that we feel like okay that makes sense that they did that because we've been shown all of these mm-hmm. other things that this character does so we understand their motivations and while you understand her motivations you kind of also don't like how yeah. she makes the decision in the end to go to LA with Che because Che's landed a pilot mm. and and she gives up on this massive career opportunity yeah. she gets this incredible like human rights lawyer internship. internship yeah and that decision everyone around her is going are you sure you want to yeah. make that um and I will say I'm like it feels far too – I don't argue that a character might, you know, go, you know what, make I want to make a choice decision, yeah. for love or whatever, but it feels so wrong for the person that Miranda was, at least in the original series, that she would make that decision and just follow Che around. Like it just well, – Or make the decision very quickly and be very like sort of – 
indicate no turmoil no no sort of like i think the the reason that this whole storyline is everyone hates it so much is like they wanted her to leave steve for che they it should have been something that took the whole season to get there you don't just leave like people don't People like Miranda, at least, don't just up and leave because they meet someone straight away. There would be turmoil involved. And I know that they, like, might have indicated that for an episode or two, but that would be something that we need to see play out amongst conversations and and interactions throughout a whole season. You can't just sort of do that. And then she turns into this, like, weird sort of love sick puppy who just goes to Cleveland. And, like, it feels like she's being completely led around by Che. Yeah. Like, anything Che says or does, like, you know, because Che's obviously quite in in their sort of um, personality and lifestyle Mm. and stuff quite – solid like Mm. they they don't believe in monogamy and they um uh you know they are really uh headstrong Mm. right but the thing is miranda was headstrong and now she feels as though she's just like doing whatever chase says and does and it's really unpleasant it's fucking unpleasant and what else is unpleasant i know people agree with this is that I love Steve and I've I always like Steve loved well. Steve. He is such a kind, mm-hmm. loving, wonderful man. And he was like that in the original series and Miranda would always fuck him around. Mm. And like he wasn't, didn't make as much money with her as her, but he like didn't want her to pay for anything. Like, yeah, he's, but he is such a beautiful man and we he love him a as a character. Man. Yeah. Everyone loves Steve. And so to see her do that to him, not that she wouldn't leave him, but, you and I, I liked the scene actually with him and Carrie. I where, did too. Yeah. Where at the end they they like painting a house or something, and um, yeah, <laughs> Steve that. Yeah. is sort of asking Carrie like I don't and he just expressing this like he just doesn't understand. I'm like, I'm glad we're getting his side of this yeah. because it does feel so. I hate it. I know. I hated <laughs> like, it. And it just felt childish. She yeah. got from A to B so fucking quickly. It, it just, seems ridiculous. Yeah. She's a she's a mother. I know her son's going backpacking her son. Um, I'm not going to say anything about him. But like, I just like her son's going backpacking. So she feels like she can just up and leave and go follow Che around Hollywood or whatever the fuck. But it's like, why take away these like beautiful positive parts of Miranda's character, which was her like you know um, ability to make decisions for herself and like be sort of confident, decisive, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and make her this sort of like bumbling, lovesick fool who like turns up at Che's house with the cookies or whatever, and it's just like, did you see that scene? Yeah. It's like the weirdest thing ever, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like yeah. every interaction, she, just, she like she doesn't. You don't, especially at your at that age that she's at. Wasn't the whole point to show people like a realistic depiction of people at that age? People don't do weird shit that like teenage girls would do. <laughs> like you know, it's just bizarre. Like you are very much entrenched in who you are, and I understand that right. show people change, but like change gradually like this weird sort of i don't know i just she seems from the get-go like a completely different person like you got you don't get any semblance of miranda from the original yeah. series she seems even completely she different yeah. the way she talks is just like oh like i can't explain it like do you know what i mean you know, there's also um i think this level of um like the, i don't know if you follow the account every outfit on sex in the city yes yeah, yeah. I used so to, they yeah. created um i think it was woke charlotte <laughs> you remember Woke Charlotte? It was like a meme where like yeah. there would be scenes where someone in the original series said something problematic yeah. and like w- they would basically make up a fake like 
caption yeah. that R- Charlotte had responded with. Right, right. It was really great. And yeah. like they like, um I can't remember her the actress's name, but the woman who played Charlotte yeah. loved it and yeah. would always repost them and stuff. Yeah. It was really cute. Yeah. But like that account released a book about Miranda and it was basically like basically being like why we should all actually want to be Miranda. Right. Because yeah. Miranda often as the character was nobody wanted to be no. Miranda. But the thing is like now certainly no one wants to be Miranda. No, and yeah. what's so frustrating though is that like there was this sort of like, especially in that those circles like on Instagram, mm. there was this kind of like uh, not a resurgence but this kind of appreciation. Appreciation, yeah. like people going, actually Miranda was a good character yeah. and we didn't really give her enough credit. And when they've, they've come back with this show and we don't get any of the things that she was starting to be kind of I celebrated know. for. It's just – and I think – What's an issue is that, you know, particularly with how Sarah, Sarah Ramirez um, – Ramirez? Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right. They um, respond, have responded to the criticism of Che Diaz by mm. saying, like, I'm proud of, you know, the, the representation that we've created and the character we've created and stuff, which I don't I, – I hope they – and it seems like potentially people think or they think that, like, the reason people don't like this storyline mm. or Che Diaz is because they're non-binary. I, I, I think – yeah, I've seen that as well, and I feel bad for for Sarah Ramirez or Sarah, however you say it. Yeah, I, I feel bad for them because it isn't it's, about that. No, because it's not have, at all. I have if I like the idea of mm-hmm. the storyline of Cynthia of not Cynthia Nixon, sorry, of um, Miranda yeah. having you know yeah. maybe they do. She does have a love affair with you know a non-binary yeah. person. That's great. It's just the way it was handled. The the unlikability of Che Diaz's mm-hmm. character. Just the fact that Che's the worst character. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> like, I've done a ton of weed. I can't remember three hours ago. That's Lighting up at someone's funeral? Oh, it's so well, fucked whatever up. whatever the fuck. Like, well, they, they, they said something. Even, like, when she was – she's having this affair with, with um, Miranda and there's this – did you watch the scene where, like, she finds out that Miranda's not in an open marriage? Have you seen that scene? No. So she thought that Miranda was in an open marriage. And she was like, why would you not want to Che be thought. Che thought. Oh, right, sorry, right, they, right, right, right. Sorry, true. no, I was getting confused. I've, it's fine. It's I've, fine. I was just they, getting confused. Yes, sorry. yes, Sarah, yes. Okay. Um, che, they said yep. that um, – that, uh, Didn't that realise Miranda, Miranda was in – yes, okay, gotcha. Yes, and so there's this scene where um, Miranda was like, we didn't have that conversation. I didn't realise you didn't know. I, and, and Che was like, I'm not a homewrecker. Like, why would – and I'm like, I'm sorry. You knew. For someone who is – not that they – I'm not saying they knew, but it's like for someone who's all into like non-monogamy and polyamory, you, you would know that that conversation – must be yeah, had. Yeah, yeah. The, the conversation has to be had that you assumed is just like, what? I'm just, I, just, I find it so. The oh. comedy is just also unforgivable as well. Yeah. Like there's Them just. Them being a comedian and you watch their stand up, stand up and you're like, what? <laughs> like, oh I, I my just, God. It's painful, painful. Like they really did them dirty by making the character that fucking Yeah, because unbearable. I think it's cool that like, because Sarah Maria, Ramirez, for people who don't know, was in Grey's Anatomy mm. and has recently come out as non-binary yeah. and everything. And like, I think it would have been cool for her, them to come in um, to this show yeah. and have the, this character. It's just, I just hate. It's just the worst character ever. <laughs> like the scene where sh- they are in the kitchen and um, – Miranda's getting no. I can't talk about that fucking. I can't talk about that scene. It makes me sick. The issue with that scene for people who Carrie's like hobbling around in the other room. It is. It makes you literally hate Miranda because yes. Miranda's literally getting fingered by JD has in the kitchen and she's meant to be looking after Carrie and Carrie is like has to end up peeing in a bottle because she can't walk because she's had hip surgery and you're just like, 
What kind of person is Che who walks into their co-worker's apartment and randomly has sex with their friend no, in the kitchen while the Karen co-worker's... Karen's asleep in the other room and Che's finger-fucking Miranda in the I kitchen. Can't, I it can't. is actually awful. It's disgusting. <laughs> that was when I think, like, I literally... I was just like, I, I can't. I can't <laughs> do this. And that's when I just started skipping scenes because I, I yeah. can't see something like this again. Also, <laughs> we, we've been going for an hour, so we should move on. It's fine. But the one, it. It's okay. The one thing I just want to say was actually bullying to the audience to have chasing. Was, that was yes. bullying to – it's not fair on us. <laughs> we were cornered. We did not know that was going to happen. And suddenly they were singing. And that was full-blown <laughs> bullying. And if I – if that – like I might get the email of Sarah Jessica Parker and send and just say to her, like, I feel like – you owe me an apology <laughs> because the fact I had to see that and I was not warned there should have been a disclaimer at the top of the episode. That's not fair. That was horrifying. No, um, yeah, I just have a note of being like the singing bit. Uh, it was just like, but also I, I did, was just as confused as Miranda yeah, was. Yeah, because Miranda's like, what? And you're watching like, no, it's, um, yeah, before we move on, I want to also just make a point. The other scene I thought was good was actually I'm not even sure if I thought it was good, mm. but the um the plastic surgery scene. Did you watch that? Okay. Know, so there's a scene where Anthony, it. the repla- the the replacement for um Carrie's friend who died. Yes. The gay best friend. Yeah. He is going wants to get a facelift and he needs Carrie to come with him to talk him out of it. Right. And the plastic surgeon is like, Nope, you're perfect, like beautiful Italian skin. Maybe a bit of Botox, but that's yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. need a facelift. Basically tells Carrie she needs like a half facelift. Yeah, does yeah, this whole yeah. thing. But you're watching it going like Sarah Barber has definitely had mm, some, <laughs> some work. Some work, like a facelift, maybe Should some. Should have bo- taken Charlotte in there too. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> mean. Not to like they Carrie um Sarah Jessica Parker looks beautiful. Like she looks yeah, fantastic. she looks great. I think. Yeah. But it was just like watching Tasteful. that scene with her, like the idea that she hasn't had any work I know. done, even though she's Sarah Jessica Parker, and you're like basically having to suspend disbelief that like she's now grappling with the idea of getting a facelift. I'm like, come on, come on. like yeah, you should have put Cynthia Nixon in there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like um, should have spent a whole episode with her at the hair salon, like. <laughs> Doesn't she does have dye to. her hair red. Yeah, at the it end, was much, though. but it's the style. I don't even care about the color. It was the styling. Yeah. I was just horrified by. Um, um, Charlotte's holding it down for all of them. Uh yeah, she's holding it down. She's, she's her storylines were good. Yeah, she's likable, even yeah. though she's unlikable, which is yeah. the point yeah, of yeah, her yeah. Um, grappling with. And what I like about her as well is that, like, she's got a, a child, um, Rock, who mm. is non-binary. Yeah. And they're, they're telling the story of, like, what it might be like. A really realistic story, story yeah. of what it might be like for a woman and a man, her husband, in their 50s to, like, have that happen. have that mm. experience of um, of having a kid come out as trans, yeah. dealing with that, them, you know, having their bar mitzvah or day mitzvah or whatever yeah. they call it and, like, yeah, I totally and when, agree. When, like, I like that she, that Charlotte just cracks it at the end of the of the they mitz for whatever they yeah. were calling it, and was just like, "Someone's fucking going out there." <laughs> like, I've put this on because that is realistic. Like, a mum would not be like, "Oh, it's okay, baby. You don't have to do yeah. this." Blah blah blah. Like, there's only so many like um things that a parent can take at one time, I yeah. guess. And it's just yeah. like you can't just shun the religion as well. But then at the end of the day, Charlotte goes out and gets bar mitz. I yeah no I agree Charlotte's yeah Charlotte and also like Carrie I I think is Carrie's got better towards the end of the season yeah I and again like I said her storyline with um 
I liked the storyline of her dating, her writing mm-hmm. the book, her with really the worst part of it is just is um Miranda. Miranda and Che. Maybe they could do like some sort of um just like don't even say anything. Just suddenly Miranda's not in the show anymore and um Samantha's back. Yeah. Also no, well that's a conversation because people have been talking about how they left the the door open yeah. for a second season. For um, Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall to come back as Samantha because at the end of the episode of the series, Carrie texts Mm. Samantha and they're going to go out for a drink. Mind you, that also could be a nice way of wrapping things up. Yeah. If the series doesn't end because it's like there's still – friendship can still heal itself, which is a nice nice symbol. But I also think they're probably leaving Oh, of course they're trying to leave the door open. And and like – yeah. There's a part of you that wishes – Kim Cattrall would step in and save it. Yeah. Um, but like. Because hopefully Kim Cattrall would be like, all right, we're getting out. Cynthia Nixon, I think we'll just get rid Haircut. of you. Haircut. Che, out. Out. <laughs> Miranda's son, no. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Steve. God, it makes, I, I actually can't. Steve is like, makes me want to cry. I know, it makes me want to cry The divorce well. scene, I was like, no, this is. No, really I, no, it's like, it really is. Awful. Painful. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, okay. We are doing trivia. You want to go first? Yep. Okay. What is the new Hulu show following the Kardashian family going to be called? I don't know. Just simply the Kardashians. Okay. I think. Whatever. Yeah. That's fine. Um, Do you know when it's coming out? Soon, I think. Is it? Yeah, it's not that long. I wonder how different it's going to be. More manufactured, maybe. More like... Okay. Kylie's going to test out the colours at Kylie Cosmetics today. I don't know. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Anyway. Okay. The Simple Life achieved how many viewers on its first episode in 2003? I've got some A, B, and C. A, 13 million. Mm. B, 5 million. Or C, 15 million. Do you remember what network it was on? No. Sorry. Do you want me to Google it? Maybe A, whatever A was. Yeah, you're correct. 13 million. Mm. Pretty amazing. Yeah. In America, they get a lot of views. It was also just after... Paris's sex tape mm. had been leaked, mm. so I think she was quite yeah big at the time. Totally right. okay. Name three of the actors in that so Raven, <laughs> not the characters, the actors. Um, Raven Simone, um, yeah, <laughs> as it should be pronounced. Yeah. Corey is his real name. Corey. Mm-mm. Corey. 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 Corey in, in the, the house. house is his legal name. Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure I've seen there. That you'll know them as soon as they like come. Yeah, like as soon as I say them. Just tell me. You, you don't want to guess. Tell me the first name of her friend, the girl. Annalise. <laughs> no. Nah. Um, <laughs> do you want the first name of Corey? Sure. Kyle. Kyle. Sandilands. <laughs> no. Kyle in the house. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Kyle Massey. Yeah, it's yeah. familiar. But Annalise Van Der Poel. No, I wouldn't have got Orlando that. Brown played the other friend. Orlando Brown sounds familiar. Yeah. They all sound familiar, yeah. but like not. I weirdly know them all. That's why I was like, I wonder if Hannah knows good, them. It's a really yeah. good thing to know. All right, well, I got one. How many French bulldogs did Lady Gaga have? <laughs> Four. No. How many? Three. Oh, damn it. Sorry. Okay. Name. I feel like I've asked you this before, maybe. Name three of the singers Lana called out in her question for the culture. Oh, Doja Cat, Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Um... Megan the Stallion? Oh, mm, Beyonce? Yeah, Beyonce, not okay. Megan. Okay. What color are my eyes? <laughs> Brown. No. Blue. They don't no. blue. They're hazel. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. They're brown. <laughs> they're, well, they've actually got tinges of green, so they're hazel. Oh, yeah. Behind these hazel eyes. <laughs> right. 
Uh, all right. If you um, listen to this far into the episode, wait. Please. I thought that was the legitimate question. It set. was. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say. Thought you were going. Okay. If blah, 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 I thought you were launching oh, to you another question. question or is that no, it? no, no. That's it. Just okay. Say. Cool. Um, if you listen to this far into the episode, can you please comment on the latest Instagram post? Of what color my eyes are? <laughs> <laughs> They're um, brown. Yeah, <laughs> hazel. Comment the correct answer for the mm, color of my what eyes. What color are my eyes? Yours actually a, have a hazel. T- Mine are hazel. <laughs> Mine are hazel. Um, yeah, maybe. What the fuck? You can have hazel eyes and I, I just can't. do. I, do. <laughs> I have hazel eyes. You're like, there's that meme that's like, girl with brown eyes. I have hazel eyes. <laughs> well, I do have hazel eyes. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway, um, if you, yeah, can you please like, uh, whatever, just follow us, subscribe. Um, it's still filming. You're just moving that thing yeah, around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, comment, subscribe on every platform. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. That's it. Thanks. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.